Welcome to the show. Chris Graham here. We're going to talk some UVA basketball, then we'll talk a little bit of UVA football. We'll start with basketball. The uh, Virginia basketball team, men's basketball team, will be coming back into action tomorrow night as I'm recording this. Uh, in fact, about 24 hours away on Wednesday night with Morgan State coming to town. This is a weird time of year in a basketball schedule. November and December uh, is a stop and start season. Virginia played six games in 17 days to start the season. Had a week off, had three games in the next seven days, 10 days off, two games in four days, another week off, and now Morgan State on Wednesday. And then now we're pretty much in the throw of things here. ACC play starts in earnest on Saturday at Notre Dame. Virginia's already got an ACC game under its belt with the win over Syracuse back earlier in the month. But um, yeah, this is this is just a, a stops and starts. <laughs> um, the first break came after the disastrous trip down to Fort Myers. Virginia went one and one on the trip, but ugly loss to, to uh, Wisconsin, uh, ugly win over West Virginia. The second break came after a really good stretch of basketball, best stretch of basketball Virginia has played this year. Blowout wins over Texas A&M and Syracuse. Texas A&M was ranked 14th when Virginia beat them, Syracuse ACC opponent, and then North Carolina Central. Then you get a break, and then this the second break came uh, ahead of uh, an ugly win over a Northeastern team and then a very ugly loss at Memphis, a team that then barely beat a, a under 500 Vanderbilt team a few days later. So here we are. Um, Morgan State's likely not going to be much of a challenge. Uh, ranked 343 in Ken Palm, three of its four wins this season, four and 10 record, three of the four wins over non D1 opponents. Now, most recent game was the best game they've played this season 89 75 loss to James Madison. And Morgan State actually led that game with 12.30 to go. So, yeah, you know, they're they're getting better. Uh, Kevin Broaddus, the head coach there, uh, they've they've played two uh, Ken Palm top 10 teams, lost by, I have to do some math here, they lost by 63, 122 to 59 to Arizona, and then lost by 43 to BYU. Broaddus likes to play with, play with pace, 72.7 possessions per game, which ranks 41st in the nation. Uh, the the leading scorer on this team is a guy named Winston Tabs, who transferred from ECU before that. He played at Boston College for two seasons, averaging 16.4 points a game. Tabs, though, has missed the last three games, including that JMU game. Imagine how things could have gone if he was there. Uh, but Tabs has missed the last three with an injury. I can't find any information on the nature of the injury. It's Morgan State, no offense. They're just, you know, not a team that has a, a beat writer assigned to them necessarily. They're not going to have a, you know, dedicated. 24-7 or rivals or anything blog, uh, you know, blogger or following them closely. So really hard to get information on that team. No idea if he'll be able to play tomorrow night. So there you go. I'm supposed to be previewing this game. I have no idea. I could, I guess I could have called the coach. Um, <laughs> feels like what I'd have to do here. Um, but you know, so he's the leading scorer, not maybe, maybe not playing in this game. He's missed the last three. Uh, the two other leading scorers are double digit guys. Cameron Hobbs, a five ten shooting guard, and 6'6 forward Will Thomas. Now, Thomas had 20 points in a uh, loss to JMU, and a guy named Rob Lawson, who's averaging 8.3 points a game, had a pretty good one in the loss to JMU, uh, 14.6 assists. So um, it's, a, it's a guy that, you know, he, he played well in, in Tab's uh, absence, and uh, we'll see how that plays. Again, that team played well in his last game, and uh, that game was against a ranked team in JMU. So that one's tomorrow night. Virginia, according to KenPom.com, should win this one by around 24 points. But uh, 
Virginia was projected to beat uh, Northeastern before the Christmas break by 17, long, won that game by two. Uh, and so we know what these project projections can mean at times. Virginia's really got to work on a, quite a few things. Uh, the slow starts, uh, a 16-4 deficit to Northeastern, uh, playing from behind most of that game, a 13-1 deficit to Memphis to start that one out. And, you know, Virginia got back within one a couple times in the first half, but you can't keep digging yourself those holes. And this is this is something that's plagued uh, this program really since the, the national championship season 2019. Teams, uh, you know, since that since that run have been getting off to notoriously slow starts uh, and it's become uh, a little uncomfortable <laughs> to see this happening over and over and over. Um, and so that's the well, well, of course, we'll um, I'll do a live coverage thingy on the website tomorrow night. Uh, and of course, we'll have um, post game coverage from Charlottesville. And then after tomorrow night, the tune ups are over. It's time for ACC play. Now we'll switch over to football. A few quick news and notes. Uh, the first one I'll start with a story I wrote today for the website. I've been seeing uh, the reports coming out of Albuquerque uh, about the hires that uh, Bronco Mendenhall, former Virginia coach, had been making for his new staff at New Mexico. And boy, he's getting the he's getting the band back together out there. Uh, of the fourteen positions, full time paid positions, twelve are guys that he. Uh, coached with at Virginia uh, at one point or another, guys who served on his staff at Virginia uh, during his six-year run in Charlottesville. Uh, so I thought I saw a couple names. I didn't see twelve out of fourteen. Nick Cal, the defensive coordinator uh, under under Minute Hall, the guy that uh, uh, we've reported at length uh, extensively, etc., uh, was the the sticking point for Bronco. Uh, apparently, he was told by Carla Williams, the AD at Virginia, to make a change of defensive coordinator after that uh, 2021 season. Virginia's offense ranked third in the country. The defense couldn't stop anybody. That's why that team went six and six. How went to Vanderbilt for a couple of years. Uh, he's now going to be the defensive coordinator at New Mexico. So Mendenhall's uh, uh, reconnecting there. Jason Beck, who was the quarterback's coach at Virginia under Robert and I, Went to Syracuse, was QB coach there for a year under Anai before Anai moved to NC State. Then Jason Beck took over at Syracuse for a year as the OC. He'll be the offensive coordinator for Mendenhall. Uh, other staff hires, the UVA ties. This is a long list. Famika Anai, uh, who coached under his father. He was the assistant O-line coach for a couple of seasons uh, before moving on to a couple other jobs. He'll coach the O-line in New Mexico. Evan Butts. Four-year player at Virginia. He was on Mendenhall staff for two years. Then on Tony Elliott's staff for two years. He'll be the director of scouting under Mendenhall at New Mexico. Kirk Garner, a four-year player at Virginia, who was a grad assistant for three years on Mendenhall staff. He'll be the running backs coach. Patrick Hickman. Again, this is a long list. Patrick Hickman, the director of player development for two seasons, director of scouting for three seasons at uh, Virginia under Mendenhall. He'll be the chief of staff, director of player personnel. That's not an on-field position, but... Uh, Important uh, back-behind-the-scenes role. Shane Hunter, who coached inside linebackers and safeties at Virginia under Mendenhall. He'll be the special teams coordinator uh, at New Mexico. Matt Johns, former quarterback at Virginia, coached under Mendenhall for one year at UVA, then moved on to William & Mary, where he worked under Mike London for a few years. Uh, he'll be reuniting with uh, Mendenhall at New Mexico as the tight ends coach. Charles Mack, who was a grad assistant and a scout for three years at Virginia under Mendenhall, 
one year under Elliott, he'll coach the DBs out there for for Elliott. Uh, excuse me, for Mendenhall and un, under uh, uh, under Nacal. Let's see. I've I, I've seen a, a, a copy editing error on my story. I've got Kirk Gunner in here twice. Uh, Nick Potoshink, uh, po, uh, Potos Potoshnik. I'm I'm not going to pronounce that name right at all. I'm not even close. Assistant football strength and conditioning coach on Mendenhall staff for five years, and then another year under Elliott. Uh, he will serve as the head athletic performance coach. So strength and conditioning will be uh, there. Will be some continuity there. Joe Spaziani, you might remember that name. He was a long snapper for three years at Virginia. He was on Mendenhall staff for two years, then worked under Elliott the past two seasons. So he's been around for quite a while. He'll be director of operations out there in New Mexico. And then Dante Wilkins, I'm going in alphabetical order. So last but not least, four-year player at Virginia. He was on Mendenhall staff for three years. He'll coach the D line out there. So twelve of the fourteen paid positions out there. Uh, will be Virginia guys. And as I noted in my story, by my count, that's 12 guys on what's a 14 uh, coach full-time staff, Mendenhall's New Mexico staff. Now uh, you have to say they know Virginia better than Elliott's staff. No offense, but uh, <laughs> Elliott's staff's been around for two years, but you, you add up all the years on this this New Mexico staff, and they know they know where all the bathrooms are and everything in Charlottesville as as well. So uh, we'll, be, we'll be following Mendenhall and what he does out of New Mexico. Uh, closely, maybe it's too closely for some people's liking. Uh, quick football updates continue uh, on the transfer portal. Virginia lands a Kent State wide receiver named Trell Harris. Uh, Harris was a two-star prep recruit out of Illinois. He played it two years at Kent State. Had 39 catches in his two seasons there. He was on a field for a total of 758 offensive snaps. Um, he had offers from Minnesota, Pitt, Michigan State, West Virginia, Vanderbilt. Uh, another guy in the mix to replace Malik Washington, 110 catches, 1,426 yards, bonkers numbers in, four, in 2023, the one season that we had Malik. Um, Tony Elliott will be trying to rebuild that off that, that wide receiver core around Malachi Fields, who's returning 58 catches, 811 yards in 2023. Um, the other uh, guys off the portal that have been added that uh, – uh, Virginia will be putting in the mix here. It's a veteran group. You gotta like to, what what they've done. Uh, in addition to to Trell Harris, you got Chris Tyree from Notre Dame, uh, eighty two catches in parts of four seasons with the Irish, and a former four star prep recruit Andre Green from North Carolina. Didn't get a lot of field time uh, at North Carolina, but uh, you know, guy with a lot of uh, um, prowess that uh, just couldn't get through the the crowded wide receiver room down in UNC. And also grad transfer tight end from Harvard, Tyler Neville. Virginia really hadn't used the tight end position very much in its offense the last couple of years. And Neville, a, a pass-catching tight end, uh, will give them an option there. So um, so uh, th those are those are some recruiting news and notes off the transfer portal. Uh, we, we had a story about um, Elliott addressing the QB situation heading into the spring. Basically, Tony Musket, it appears, will be – part of the program as we've been speculating just based on the fact that musket hadn't put his name in the transfer portal yet and it's getting close to the end of the year the transfer portal has been open for more than three weeks now um you know it's an interesting quandary because uh elliot ha has talked about the need to address uh the quarterback situation by adding more depth to that room uh he didn't sign any quarterbacks in the early signing period for the prep signing class that uh was was uh finalized last week there's still another february signing date uh and i'm sure the staff and tony's talked about how he, he needs to find players across the board on the on the prep ranks 
uh, they'll try to address the, the quarterback situation there. The third stringer, nothing against Grady Brosterhouse, but he's a walk-on. Uh, you'd like to have uh, a third string guy that just in case, uh, in just in case there's a lot of injuries at quarterback. We we had a season this year where Tony Musket missed quite a few games. He was the QB one coming out of camp. And uh, that pressed the true freshman, Anthony Calendra into action. It's a great situation and also a tough one. It's a great situation because Tony has two guys that can have proven they can start a quarterback and win games in the ACC. Uh, on the other side of that, to having two guys who uh, have the run that Calandria and Musket have makes it hard to recruit anybody else to come in, at least right away off the transfer portal. And that's probably where you're going to pick up a, a guy that could be your, your QB three. Uh and so, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a challenge. And Tony uh, Elliott talked about that challenge uh, last week as he talked about his, his recruiting. We'll have more recruiting stories coming up on the website this week. We'll, we'll uh, go in-depth on the offensive line, defensive line, and and what's coming back, which uh, and, and the additions off the portal uh, in both areas, uh, really key areas. Obviously, you know, we pay attention when we watch the games to the skilled players, the quarterback, the receivers, um, you know, that's that's where your focus is as a fan. But the game's one of the trenches. And so we'll, we'll go in depth in the trenches and try to share what, what uh, Virginia will have coming into next year. Actually, the more I look at this roster, cautiously optimistic that there can be some improvement uh, in Virginia football looking ahead to 2024. I, I, because of uh, we wrote a, a column, I wrote a column last week about how uh, the biggest job that Tony Elliott did, he didn't recruit great the preps this year, uh, 15th in the ACC, 75th, I think it was, overall nationally, uh, bottom five among all the power fives this season uh, in, in prep recruiting. But uh, th there have been some nice additions off the portal. We highlighted some of those just a, a minute or two ago. But also just keeping so many of the key guys in house. In fact, I wrote about eight guys that Virginia could not afford to lose, guys off the current roster they could not afford to lose. None of those guys are, are going, so uh, that that's a, that's a big key. That'll be a big key to build around for for Elliot and the staff going into the spring and then into next fall. So uh, we'll have more about that uh, in the coming days. Uh, also, of course, again tomorrow night, Virginia hosting Morgan State in basketball, the final non-conference tune-up for uh, the soon-to-be grind of the ACC, which uh, really tips off in earnest on Saturday with a game at Notre Dame. Uh, we'll have coverage of Morgan State tomorrow night uh, and then get you ready for Notre Dame coming up on the weekend. Hey, if you have any questions, any comments for me, any news tips for me, any topics you want me to address in a future podcast, please reach out to me at chris at augustafreepress.com.